Hello there, this is Cassia. And this is Conan Bond. And welcome to The Evan Hawk, a podcast where we discuss Star Wars, Knights of the Old Republic, from the games and the proposed movie adaptation, as well as Star Wars movie and pop culture news. This is episode one, and this is where the fun begins. To get us kicked off, uh, one of the things that we want to start with is, um, I guess, how did we come to know Star Wars? Um, so, Cassie, starting with you, uh, what what brought you to Star Wars? Um, my parents were out of town, and I was uh, at my aunt and uncle's, and you know, as kids do, you kind of just watch movies. And, uh, I saw Star Wars on the shelf. It was a movie series I'd never seen before, and we ended up watching it, and I just kind of fell in love with it. It's like, it was a little bit like a fairy tale, but somewhere new, like, far off in space. It was so different from, I don't know, Disney princesses and, like, all the movies you would watch back in the day. Um, the funny thing is, though, like, I didn't realize episodes five and six existed at the time. I would just watch four over and over and over and over again. Um, but then I found out there's five and six and someone spoiled them for me. Um, so, but on the plus side, I got to watch episode five and six. And a few years later, as a little kiddo... I got to see episode one in theaters. All right. And as for me, I uh, I was kind of introduced to Star Wars as a, you know, as a kid. As far as uh, KOTOR, um, I kind of just stumbled across KOTOR. Um, I was, I've never really grew up with a lot of um, PC games and um, in college, a friend of mine had shown me, um, you know, shown me this game where you could make choices. He, you know, he said it was Star Wars themed, so I was instantly kind of on board. Um, he said that the the different decisions you make kind of determine um, how far down, like the light or the um, well, yeah, the light side of the force you go, or um, other decisions uh, take you down kind of the dark side. And so, naturally, I went as evil as I can go for my first playthrough. <laughs> and then, how I discovered Knights of the Old Republic is... I was very into Star Wars uh, growing up. Because, like, I was growing up, the prequels were out. I liked Episode 1. I loved Episode 2. I had a poster of Hayden Christensen on my wall as a as as a kid and um i would uh between the inter 
immediate period between two and three, I was talking to a friend of mine who was very into games and he knew I liked video games. I would like play some of the Harry Potter games, all the Star Wars LucasArts games. I, I liked them. Uh, I liked playing Jedi Knight, Jedi Academy. I liked playing Star Wars Bounty Hunter and lots of other ones. And he said, oh, you should look into this game. It's, it's different. You get to make the choices and you can be good or evil. It has a great story and a great plot twist. Um, and it's just an open world and it's, it's different than the other ones you've played and you should try it out. One of the things we want to talk about is this article that came out on BuzzFeed, uh, you know, with with the kind of the intimate Star Wars news, you know, rumors of like an Obi Wan Kenobi movie. Um, they, ha you know, the bounty hunter, you know, what was supposed to be a or a Boba Fett story. We got the Mandalorian. Uh, this this article here um, brought out the um, a potential and uh, and pretty promising looking. Uh, movie in the world of KOTOR so um, if, if you guys want to reference this it's just uh, BuzzFeed News um, the article title is a new Star Wars movie based on Knights of the Old Republic is in the works and we just saw this article and this caught our attention because we're both Star Wars fans and I've been looking I've been hoping ever since the Knights of the Old Republic first game came out in 2003 that it could maybe one day be on the big screen as a trilogy or as a movie or possibly the small screen and this article just seemed to be like a step in that direction and I knew like it would be worthy of discussion so so this uh um, so the screenwriting is going to be done by, or uh, yeah, it's going to be done by Laeta Caligratis, and we probably going to be saying her name wrong, but um, we believe that that's about how it's pronounced there. Um, she's done other um, pieces of work like uh, Avatar or Shutter Island, so um, uh, Kathleen Kennedy looks like had pulled her in for KOTOR, so... Um, should be you know it should be pretty good and um they've been kind of throwing around different wording here so um you know whether it's going to be one movie or a trilogy um it, it may just depend on how well it does in box office but it looks like that um kind of the hope is a trilogy um but at least at least a movie is in the works here yeah with kotor I, I feel like there is a lot of potential. Um, Laeta Caligritis, and we looked up the name, we couldn't find how to properly pronounce it, so I'm sorry if we're getting it wrong. Um, it looks like she has an interesting track record. She's worked on Shutter Island, Alexander, Alita Battle Angel, the TV series Altered Carbon, and of course the Avatar movie um and it's interesting because uh avatar was also acquired uh and it's you can see that in disneyland so there's that or no sorry disney world so there's also that 
Disney connection there. Um, so with KOTOR, this article seems to have been put put out, like, it was back in May, I believe, May, May 23rd of this year. Um, kind of like during like a slow news cycle um, for Star Wars. It was kind of before we definitely knew we were getting a, an Obi-Wan uh, TV, well, streaming service. So, yeah, like a series. Um, so I, I kind of wonder if they put out this article to kind of garner the response of uh, Star Wars fans, KOTOR fans, movie fans, people who don't care. Um, so I'm just kind of wondering uh, if, if they do proceed forward with the Knights of the Old Republic uh, movie that Laeta Calagritis is is screenwriting is if it'll be just a movie or if it'll be a trilogy or a series and I, I kind of think like my hope would be that it would be adapted for a trilogy because I, I just think like it's meant to be cine meant to be seen cinematically by as many people as possible but possibly uh a series, even a multiple, multiple season series, uh, could, could really let you explore the universe of KOTOR and really explore the characters, uh, the, the story and all the planets and all the side quests uh, more intimately than you could with a movie or a trilogy. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot, you know, of of world when it comes to the old republic. It's not like they can um, they can take pre existing Star Wars content and just kind of make that the old republic. Uh, the um, with the the timeline that Kotor took place compared to say like the the standard saga. There's four thousand years before the events of A New Hope, so. I know, four thousand years is a lot of time to go from you know one point of civilization to another. You got places like Coruscant that um, would evolve so much over that amount of time. Um, you know, so to go back to Coruscant, if it were to be the same Coruscant that we know from the the Lucasfilm movies, then it would be a little out of place. Oh. Uh. In the games, uh, things ki kind of appeared for the most part like they would in the prequels, but things would, some ships would look a little bit different. Like, I believe they've been included in Rogue One, the Hammerheads, uh, but those originally were like the new kind of ship. Uh, the Jedi robes look a little bit different. The lightsabers look a little bit different. Not, qu not quite like the Dark Horse comics where they were, the lightsabers were attached via a cord to a battery belt or something. Um, but it, it is kind of interesting to see, like, space a little bit different, but not too different. Like, because 4,000 years ago, our world looked completely different. Um, Another thing, too, is characters. I mean, the, the, the characters that... Um, that most of us remember are people like Bastila um, and Darth Revan 
you know, are they going to be including um, these characters, or if, or are they not? I, you know, to me, a series makes more sense if they're not going to be including um, Darth Revan or Bastila. Um, but if they are, then the, the trilogy would make more sense. But at the same time, how how adventurous could a trilogy be if they are going to be using those characters? Because the you know the story would end up be being the video game made into a movie. I think it, a good compelling <coughs> trilogy could be done. I mean, if you think of uh, the Harry Potter movies. Uh, all of the books existed before they were made into films, and some people are surprised still. And they were enjoyable, and they made a lot of money, as uh, did The Lord of the Rings, which is an even older and even more beloved classic uh, book series that has a very devoted fan base, and people knew all the twists. Uh, people knew that Gandalf died. People are still affected emotionally, taken by surprise. Um, so I really think uh, the strength is in the story and in the execution. There are lots of great characters such as Darth Revan, uh, Bastila, uh, Karth, uh, not T3, just kidding. We love you T3, but he's kind of just basically R2-D2. HK-47, who can forget him? There's great characters and I think that uh, they deserve a chance in the spotlight. Um, but do you think Knights of the Old Republic will will be... What do you see its future as? Do you see it as a trilogy or do you see it as uh, a series on Disney Plus? So for me, if I, w if I was looking at the potential Star Wars stories and what I had in front of me, I, I would have thought that The Mandalorian... But because it's so focused on a particular one particular character, and there's only so much story you can tell with bounty hunting, that would have made more sense to me as like a three movie trilogy, where the older public could easily be adapted into a major, um, you know, a major TV show that's you know exclusive to Disney Plus. Yeah. Um, also, just with the kind of the dark gritty nature of of uh the mandalorian um you know again something that's you know easily accessible on disney plus maybe something that could be a little bit less accessible um just moderate the audience um so you know that way you don't make a tv show that's supposed to be dark and gritty to too much for kids because it is going to be accessible to kids um yeah, you know, I, I just think that something like the Old Republic would be a little bit more catering to that audience than the, like the Mandalorian, for example. Yeah. I guess, I don't know. Things are changing. I feel like more and more families are watching TV uh, online. It would be interesting to see. I mean, people bring kids to movies all the time. I remember reading a review for 300 when that came out, and someone mentioned that there was a baby crying while they were watching it and it kind of took them out of the movie and I was like huh so I think sometimes parents like assume like Disney owns Star Wars Star Wars is usually a kid friendly franchise so I just wonder if they would 
still bring their kids to the Mandalorian or still bring them to Knights of the Old Republic, but I guess it depends upon the parent and how uh, informed they are uh, about the story. <laughs> One thing that um, is lightly explored with um, KOTOR, it's more a, of a, uh, a SOTOR thing, is the kind of the upbringing that of a like a Jedi Padawan and you know that's something that you could easily tailor towards a younger audience because you know with uh, with the Jedi training they um, they, you know, they bring in um, children at a very young age so they don't have enough time to uh, attach to a parental figure um, you know they, they don't have enough of that time to like get into emotions but you you can bring in a lot of story and characters of that younger audience that a younger audience can enjoy um, but also have another story um, built around you know the politics of the old republic the the war between the sith and the um and the republic and you know everything that go, goes into that i think the old or um, Kotor has a really interesting chance to create another Star Wars story that is tailored towards all audiences if, if they do it right. You know, if they because they're um, you know they can ha have a section of the story that's built for younger audiences, and they can have a section of the story that's built for you know maybe the parents that are watching it with the kids. Yeah. For me, I don't know if I consider Knights of the Old Republic like a kid's story. I think it's a story that could like kids could be into because uh, there's some fun characters. There's Zalvar the Wookiee. There's T3. He's a cute robot, you know. Um, and then there's Basla Shan. She's a fun uh, female character. And Darth Revan and Karth are fun characters. Um, I see it as like a story the whole family could potentially get around. I wouldn't say it's kid-centric, um, but you do kind of raise the good point of the Old Republic could uh, be a whole new world, pardon the pun, for Star Wars. It, they could examine a whole new era that doesn't feel as saturated as perhaps the, uh, I don't know, like, the Star Wars movies, the episodes like one through uh, one through nine, and especially four four through nine, I would say there's a lot of content there, and they could space it out and explore uh, new stories uh, with Padawans growing up, or examine other wars, or um, all that. But yeah. Um, Star Wars Celebration in April. Kathleen Kennedy says, uh, yes, we are developing something to look at uh, regarding KOTOR. Right now, I have no idea where things might fall. So we'll just have to see if... So they're saying that... So after the Rise of Skywalker, they're going to kind of let... let kind of the Star Wars topic kind of settle um they're looking at um they're looking at a 2022 20, release 
Um, no, it's not um, specific on if this is going to be the KOTOR release, um, but it's just saying that the next film in the franchise will be released in December of 2022. So it looks like Disney is going to be at least taking a, um, a release break of anything Star Wars related um, for the next couple of years. And that could be good. Um, you have to let things breathe. Mm -hmm. uh, you got to let kind of the public kind of settle with the new Disney image the, uh, with Star Wars. Uh, you know, it's also going to give them a chance to determine is it going to be um, is it going to be worth the box office gamble to release this, or you know, is this something that they just need to drop? Um, you know, hopefully, you know, we do like our Star Wars content, so uh, we are hoping that they do push forward with Star Wars. But you know, at the same time, we're hoping that you know, with especially with a, a 2022 release. Um, we're hoping that there is a really good story that backs it up. Yeah. So it sounds like Caligritus is finishing the script. Like, my guess is it's been a few months. It, it would probably be done. Uh, one thing of note is, like, she's the first woman writer of a Star Wars movie since Empire Strikes back in 1980. And I feel like she has a great track record. I mean, like, not everything she releases is a hit, but... I personally like the movie Alexander, Shutter, I Shutter Island did well, and um, Alita Battle Angel was tragically underseen, I think. I, I enjoyed it, while I do think that it could have been shorter and perhaps I didn't love the romance in that as much, but I think Caligritus is a solid writer, and um, I think when you're a solid writer and like you kind of have more people at the table uh it's it's good you know alongside kotor uh we're naturally we're gonna be looking out for news of the kotor project um you know hopefully hopefully we can stay away from just a little all the speculation hopefully we can dig up um some good facts that pull up alongside with the kotor news uh, we do want to cover um, bits and pieces of other Star Wars content. Um, one of the things that we'd like to cover in the future is the um, video game, The uh, Fallen Order. Um, we'll get a chance to look that over, um, as well as you know, The Rise of Skywalker, um, the maturity of the Star Wars land. Um, these are some of the things that we want to cover um, as they come up. As well as Disney Plus's Star Wars content. Right, and um, a lot of this can influence kind of like the future of Star Wars. And so, depending on how different pieces of Star Wars content is received, can alter um, even you know how Kotor releases, especially with the 2022 window. A lot of these other releases um, should be kind of staggering around that with the video games and the and the Disney Plus activations. So. We, we definitely want to cover that. Yeah. So that has been our pilot episode of the Ebon Hawk, if you will. Um, this has been Cassia. And this has been Coden. Um, so just uh, just some housekeeping items here um, on for social media, places that you can find us. You know, in the rare moments that... Um, we'll be using Twitch um, for things like uh, Fallen Order or other Star Wars releases that pop up. 
Um, you can find uh, me streaming at twitch.tv forward slash code and bun. And that's just um, C-O-D-E-N-B-A-H-N. We do have an active Twitter. You can follow um, me on Twitter for, uh, with uh, just code and bond. Um, there you can send us questions um, and then we can you know, address those on the podcast or, or we can respond to them directly as they come up. Um, you know, just let us know. We've, uh, we do have an Instagram account, which is uh, Evan Hawk Podcast. Uh, so definitely follow us there. Um, and then we are planning um, a potential website release and email. However, those have not been set up yet. So stay tuned. This has been episode one of the Evan Hawk. Take care of yourselves, meat bags, and may the force be with you. We will be back next week. Bye for now. One last tag we would like to insert before we enter hyperspace. The music you have heard today has been composed by Alistair Scheuermann. To find him and his music, you can visit him at https colon slash slash alistairsounds.wixsite.com slash alistairsounds. We wanted to extend a special thank you to him, and before we close out, please enjoy his take on the Bastille theme song.